Drinking unsweetened Darjeeling tea was not a problem. Resisting the three crispy little biscuits taunting him from the white porcelain dish was another thing. The evening before, his wife had told him the time had come to shed the extra pounds that were making his shirts gape between the buttons. Benjamin Cooker had indeed filled out a bit over the past few months. He preferred to think that his heavy neck and chin, full cheeks, prominent belly and belt, unhooked in the first notch, gave him the look of a bon vivant, a well-off and satisfied man in his fifties. Elizabeth Cooker, however, did not agree. The extra weight wasn't good for his looks or his health, so she had taken matters into her own hands. She had gotten hold of a cabbage soup diet, purportedly prescribed by the cardiology department of a large urban hospital for obese patients who needed to lose weight before surgery. Elizabeth had cut a large head of cabbage, four slivers of garlic, six large onions, a dozen peeled tomatoes, six carrots, two green peppers, one stalk of celery, and plunged them into three quarts of water with three cubes of fat-free chicken broth. The mixture, seasoned with salt, pepper, curry powder and parsley, had been boiled for ten minutes, and then simmered until all the vegetables were tender. Benjamin was supposed to eat this soup, whenever he was hungry, over the course of seven days. There was not meant to be the only source of nourishment, and to avoid nutritional deficiencies, he would be allowed fruits, additional vegetables, rice, milk, or a piece of red meat, depending on the day. The first day promised to be especially gruelling. Other than the soup, fruit was all that Benjamin was permitted, and that was limited. He couldn't have any bananas. Benjamin surmised they were too tasty for this Spartan regimen. For drinks, he could only have unsweetened tea, natural fruit juice, and water. The wine expert had initially rebelled, citing his professional obligations— upcoming wine-tastings and business lunches. Elizabeth had responded by giving one of his love handles an affectionate pinch. Surrendering, he had leaned over her and planted a grumpy kiss in the hollow of her neck. There were only a few patrons on the terrace of the Café Régent in downtown Bordeaux, and the damp morning foreshadowed the first chill of fall. Benjamin drank his scalding hot tea— reached for the small white dish without looking at the perfectly golden crust on the biscuits, and offered it to the person at the next table, an elderly lady with hair pulled back in a bun who was attentively reading the last pages of the local daily newspaper, the Sud-Ouest, which contained the weather forecast and the horoscopes. She thanked him and gobbled the pastries in three quick bites. He stood, nodded goodbye, and resolutely took off toward the Allée des Tournées. He was about to climb the large staircase to his office when a digital toccata rang out from the cell phone deep inside the pocket of his loden. He dug the device out, pressed the answer button, and Inspector Barbaru's gravelly voice assaulted his eardrum. Getting straight to the point without so much as a greeting, the police inspector asked Benjamin to come immediately to 8B Rue Mokudina. The detective had a clipped, authoritative tone perhaps to give away as little information as possible. Irritated, Benjamin made a quick about-face and headed for the St. Pierre neighbourhood. He was not in the habit of complying so swiftly, 
and he was almost angry with himself for doing what the captain wanted without getting any explanation. Arriving at the Place Camille Julien, Benjamin spotted two police cars blocking the narrow street, their doors wide open and lights flashing. An ambulance was parked nearby. The street had also been cordoned off. A uniformed officer recognized Benjamin from afar and unhooked the crime scene tape to let him pass. He explained that the captain was waiting for him on the third floor of the small building at the corner of the Rue des Trois Chandeliers.